Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. And today we have a very special one because I'm talking with uh, Thomas um, Wheatley. Actually, yep. uh, yeah, yep. I, I could have I could have pulled uh, what I hate when people do, which I'm like, just looking at your name and just intuitively just like Thomas uh, Wetchley. And just and ju- and just keep going without even asking you whether I said it right. No, um, it. Yeah. So uh, Thomas um, is a client of mine, uh, or at least was uh, up on up until this point. That's that's for sure. And um, he has had a very interesting journey, uh, both leading up to the point where we actually started working together, and then working together was also uh, a very insightful one. Uh, for me as well, personally, and I think you will take a lot uh, away from our chat today, or at least that's that's my hope. So, Thomas, first of all, hey, welcome. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good, man. I'm. Life is pretty good, especially you know with health improvements and all that. Three months ago, I didn't feel nearly this good, so it's. I, I'm doing quite well. I'm pretty happy. Not gonna lie. Let's kind of start at the beginning. So before, so how for how long have you been lifting and been into fitness and those things? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad you started off with this question because, you know, a lot of these transformations, you've been in the fitness industry for a long time. You know how disgusting people are with them, mm. how much the lie about what took place behind the scenes. So uh, people will see me and like, this was essentially the dream. Everyone has three months. I look completely different. I have a bunch more muscle, way less fat, but they cut what went into that. I was literally in the perfect position to change, right? Because my history, I used to be a rugby player. You know, they trained the shit out of us. You know, the rugby has that mentality of like, you either break or you succeed at the training. Like they don't really care that much about well-being. So, I've, you know, I built strength. I built aerobic capacity when I was in high school. But the downside of training and going nuts is you get injured. You mess yourself up. And I was already fat going into that. I already had like a lot of health, uh, uh, bad relationships with food. And psychologically, I wasn't in a great spot. But I found solace in the training of rugby and you know, I kind of developed a mentality and awareness of training. So I have some advantages when I came into you like, yeah, I had been sitting on my ass for years and I had been very overweight. When I came to see you, I, you know, I was obese and we'll definitely delve into the psychology of why that happened. But I came at the perfect point. I had muscle memory, right? Like I'm coming from a background of during my rugby days, I could rep out 300 pounds on the bench press. I could, you know, I could squat 450 deadlift 475 back in the day, you know, the, that, and you know, that those aren't impressive numbers to your average fitness influencer, but the vast majority of people are, that try to change their lives are couch potatoes. They have no concept of how to train. They have no concept of what weight feels like. They're going in with way less experience than I did. I basically needed you to like take the, take the mental load of taking care and managing training and managing volume and fatigue and all of these factors so that I could just attack. And that is a lot of why I think this succeeded 
because uh, I, I kind of took some notes as to like what I did before I even emailed you to try and make this successful. Because when I contacted you, I don't, I didn't want to put this pressure on you, but this was going to be my last attempt at getting in shape. Mm. I was, I'd been failing at getting healthy and lean for my entire adult life. I have been oh, pretty much obese as long as I have been an adult. And uh, when I contacted you, I was like, I need to reassess my entire approach from top to bottom because clearly it's not the what. I have been more educated than I am now on fitness in the past. It didn't help me. I've known way more. It doesn't necessarily help you. It, you know, There's lots of figures we can point to in the fitness industry and in the bodybuilding industry that know everything top to bottom and it doesn't help them stay in shape. Oh yeah, man. That's uh, th those are all points that I was thinking about a lot uh, in in this last year, year and a half, especially. Um, and the thing is that I think people will get to see from your story uh, once again that like, you can you can take a look at you can look at two people seemingly in many ways they are very similar like. Um, their goals are similar, maybe even body stats are pretty similar, like both would want to lose about this and that much fat, um, both would be getting similar advice, you know, like if there was a guy from, I don't know, from Spain that I was working with, who is like your height, your weight, body fat percentage when you started, like, I would be giving some similar recommendations, assuming that like, you know, um, what they are willing to take on and all of those things are, are also similar. Um, and see, like on the surface, like they could be saying actually similar things as well. Um, but at the end of the day, what will actually decide whether the person will follow through and succeed with it all, it's, it's the subtle things, which initially they're very hard to grasp. Um, like I, I've had, I've had numerous uh, cases where I thought like, okay, like, like if anyone like, like this person is, is surely completely cut out for, for following through with this. And then, you know, for what, whatever reason, like at, let's say week four, week five, at which point, like you lost your, I don't know, like 15th pound or something, or maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe that was like your, your best week ever. Then that person only lost their seventh or sixth pound. And at that point I, I got the email or video call where, he said, "Like, hey, like, uh, I, I, I feel like I'm just not in the right spot to to be doing this. And this is not, so it's, it's not the case. That, like, then those are shitty people or something. It's like, no, um, that does happen. It, it happens to me as well. Like, like sometimes I, I just don't have it for whatever reason. Um, so it would be cool if later on we can somehow dig into that because I actually find that really fascinating. Um, but first, actually, I, I would like to just ask." Um, so you said like you've been obese for most of your adult life. Uh, yeah. How did, so like, um, how, how did that happen? Which is a very broad question, but like, uh, what was like, um, I mean, you had to get there yeah, somehow, yeah, like, yeah. like what would be the couple of like main things that you would point, point to? So I, I actually, uh, throughout this whole experience, a little pocket project of mine is to, like, I've been writing a book about it 
because it's been helping me cope with it and deal with it. And, you know, I hope that by the end of this, I can throw something back out there for people in my spot. Mm -hmm. uh, just, if, you awesome. know, because there's tons of tales of successful people and experts and all of that that are just screaming into the ether of YouTube about how well they're doing. Not a lot of random regular dudes who actually got some decent results sharing what happened there's just not a lot of not a lot of people do it not a lot of average guys that are fat you know because unfortunately fat people are the average now uh are posting their success right. so uh the way it happened and this goes into sort of my theory as to how people get fat stay fat and then can't fix it is sort of environment which leads it's the psychology and then psychology leads to you taking the actions that make you fat or not fat. So my, we you know, we always go on, researchers love to spout this, that we're in an obesogenic environment. And, you know, I would 100% agree with that, especially in America, like we're in different parts of the world. But when I lived in Greece, I was chubby. I think I definitely have like the psychology and just the love for food that leads people to gain more weight than they should. Because I was, you know, a fairly chubby kid, but it wasn't that big a deal when I was like living in Greece until the age of 12. I was super, I played soccer, I was active, I had like a tiny bit of extra fat, but I was very healthy. I was always moving, having a blast with friends, great social life. And then my parents saw the economic downfall of Greece coming, right? They were adults. They saw what was happening. Businesses were closing all around us. The economy economy, you know, Greece is facing some horrible things right now. So we got out of there and came to Canada. And that's when my environment completely changed. I went from being in sports, see tons of friends, super social, super active, to dramatic culture shock. Um, I wasn't around friends. I didn't fit in. I got made fun of and teased all the time because, you know, the social uh, norms of Greece are just pretty much the polar opposite of Canada. So I went from that to being isolated. Uh, the money that we had quickly ran out. We started living in poverty. You know, my lunches mm. went from uh, sandwiches and stuff to like hot pockets, junk. And then when we finally had, my father couldn't work because it's illegal to work without a certain, like you have to live here for a certain amount of time oh, for like yeah. a year. So we were living off of basically one minimum wage salary, which is nothing. Oof. And um, when we finally got food in through payday loans or whatever, it was like this big occasion. I remember like taking and making these big ham and cheese sandwiches, uh -huh. way more cheese than ham and just going mm. nuts. And whenever we had money for pizza, I would gorge myself because it was like my only opportunity. So mm. you've got like the perfect blend of factors that unfortunately aren't very uncommon. You've got a lonely kid, with no life, nothing. His best friend's a video game console. And then you deprive that person of like every positive experience. And the one thing he has is food. Mm. And you're at a formative age where you build these associations of your mind. And then it just becomes ingrained. Repetition, repetition, repetition. And then even when we got more money and the food got better and our house got better, that connection was still there, regardless of what foods my parents put or didn't put on the table. And they're, they're obese too. So it's not like they had a great idea of how to feed somebody, but they just 
the, the cycle just perpetuates itself. You get made fun of more, you have less friends, you don't have confidence, so you can't make friends, so you feel bad, so you turn to food and eat more food and feel worse, and it just goes on and on and on, and it's a vicious downward spiral. Mm. And then I had brief points where I did better. So like when I first got recruited into rugby, because I was six foot tall, 250 pounds at 16, mostly fat, but I carry fat in a way that made me look more muscular. So they recruited mm. me. Nice. Um, then, uh, you know, I was in a different environment. Suddenly my environment shifted drastically. I had a team of other guys that depended on me to be better and perform. And then I had a captain who, you know, made me run five kilometers on my first day and said, if you're going to pass out, pass out. And if you're going to puke, puke on your shoes, but you're not allowed to stop running. So like I had this huge shift in mentality and inputs and I suddenly made more friends, not necessarily because I wanted to, but because we were in a team and, you know, our captain, while he might've been extreme, was also very much about the mentality like rugby you do your hot guys you all like get into a group you yell it's all about like dissolving the individual and becoming like a unit right like this is a big thing in rugby where they want like the eight pack the forward half of the team to move as one you yeah, know yeah. Like on defense and everything like it's all about not thinking about yourself and thinking about your role mm-hmm. and you just kind of move as a unit. And it's, it, it completely changed everything about how I viewed myself for those first couple of years. Uh, of, I finally felt like an athlete. I felt better about myself. Like I said, bunch of dumb mistakes and practices, but I really, it changed my environment and I didn't necessarily lose a ton of weight, but I went from 250 couch potato to 250 lifting those numbers I said earlier, running five kilometers a day and like being all about like hitting people and tackling people. Right. Yeah. So, and then from then on, basically, so like you, uh, you stopped rugby, you went to college, um, you went back to old habits and from then on and, and it's so right now you're what you're 27 correct yeah Um, yeah Yeah, i had um i had another go at weight loss i had a really good productive run um right around six years ago uh i managed to lose again it's tough to get numbers because i didn't weigh myself at my fattest but i got down to around Actually, I made it all the way down to the weight I am right now. So I did lose like probably 130 odd pounds. It was in the course of like six or so months, six to seven months Mm. uh, dieting. Like just I didn't even count calories. I just thought the hungrier, the better. And (laughs) it was completely unsustainable. I tried like a vegan diet. I was eating super low calories. No real idea what I did. I was just starving myself until I got where I wanted. Mm. Um, And and essentially from that point, I think I told you this, I saw myself at 190. I was basically a string bean. I looked pretty horrible. Um, probably my body fat percentage wasn't even that low just because of how I went about things. Mm-hmm. And then I got depressed again. And then, you know, again, I'm trying to do all of this inside of a very shit environment. I'm in a shitty relationship with my father because we tried, we went into business together 
there and that wasn't working out well. Family just in business don't, don't mix. And then, you know, like I tried to do all of this in spite of everything else in my life kind of crumbling. So I just gave up again, got into like the low 200s, yo-yo dieted ever since then, got in with a girlfriend, that relationship went to shit, still kept trying to get my fitness in, but I just kept trying and failing. And every time you try and you fail, it just gets worse and worse. You keep reinforcing this pattern that you're never going to succeed. Mm. And it, it finally, when I left that relationship, it was like probably the first time in my life that I had no toxic influences. Mm. I had no, I had a very neutral environment. I'd lost everything again. I was broke again with like nothing going for me again. And I was like, uh, I was upset. Yes. But when you spend so many years at misery, even like neutrality feels pretty good. And I started, that's when I started making that connection that my results in all my endeavors, because it wasn't just limited to weight loss, they're tied to something happening like above just what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like mm. there has to be more to the equation than finding the secret sauce or the secret blend or what to do or the workout or the plan for business. There has to be something else going on because I'm missing it. You know, I'm in the weeds and I'm missing the forest for the trees. And that's when I was like, okay, how, let's, let's just try improving my life situation. Let's get some more money in. Let's get some, let's cut out all the shit people. Let's have a, let's, let's try and cultivate, you know, some supportive people in my life. Just kind of make life suck less. Mm. And then, you know, like I worked harder and I did some unsustainable stuff. I was working a hundred hour work weeks at some points, but finally I got an opportunity. A best friend convinced me to apply for a job. I didn't think I'd get, and I got, you know, they saw me for whatever I had to offer and I got the job and it was, you know, a job with benefits and money. And I'm like, okay, I need to take another stab at this. You know, I can't wake up and look and see what I see in the mirror. You know, I told you this in our emails, like it is so painful to look in the mirror and not recognize or not see the man you feel you are or the man you want to be like, it just, it feels horrible. You know, mm. it's miserable. And I'm like, I, I have to accomplish it. This is my last go. I need to line up everything, everything I can possibly think of. So like the environment had been cleaned up. The, there was at least at minimum, there was a neutral environment at best. There's a positive environment. I, you know, I still had a, from all the Lyle McDonald books I've read and all of the research I've done, I had a good idea of what needs to happen. And then I sought out the most reasonable fitness influencer I could find, which is you, <laughs> because everybody like, I'm lo not to shit on Dr. Mike Isretel, but it's like so much of fitness is elitist. It's like, who are you talking to with so many moms and dads that are obese that need to find a way to fit this into their lives? Who the hell are you talking to? Yeah. It's, and, uh, yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think um, 
I think a, a lot of that is, you know, finding a coach, I think, to help you is in many ways like uh, finding a book to read or finding a, a show to watch on Netflix like there. But especially with books, because that's a bigger commitment, right? Like Netflix, like, OK, like you just kind of play on your phone and like it's in there. So you're not even really paying attention. A book is like you're going to be reading there for a while, even if you're a speed reader or whatever. Mm. And and there are many great books uh, that are just not for you at that moment. Because like if, if um, like, for example, I started reading uh, a bunch of books when I was in that phase where like, okay, personal development, like what are the successful people reading? Okay, I'm going to be buying all those books. And I read things like the one thing, which is like uh, one of these like classic books that, you know, successful people always recommend, um, which is about like, you know, how to find that one area of your life to really focus on or not. And, and within that, like that one thing that's the most important um, Then what else? Like I, uh, the hard nine or, or something like that. Like I, I bought a bunch of books, which I honestly was, I don't remember a single word from them because it, <laughs> it, it was like reading a textbook because it like, it, you know, I was like, you know, early twenties at the time, um, just an inspired young kid and, and, and basically nothing I was reading in those book books, like resonated with me. They were just not the right material for me at the time to, to chew through. So it's there, there's a right place and a right time for a bunch of things. And I think when it comes to finding a person that is going to guide, guide you, it's, it's, it's maybe a bit more permanent because um, these are adult people who have their, you know, personas and a specific, you know, demographic that they are talking to. So for example, Dr. Mike, um, he does understand a lot about like, you know, general person psychology and, and uh, how to optimize things, but that's not his specialty. Like he, mm. because he's a, an incredibly intelligent person, he can still talk about that st those things as well and crack some good jokes and uh, use some really cool analogies. But for the most part, like what he's really good at is talking to like freaking like androids, you know, like uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, machines, like top tier, you know, genetics, uh, work ethic, adherence is not even something to really talk about because like it's input output. Like you just get, get what's on the spreadsheet, you do it. And the only, like the only thing you have to adhere to is like refrain from like dieting on even less calories and train even more. So, you know, that's his thing. And that's not for most of us. I, like, I like consuming his content because of him, because like the yeah. Dr. Mike thing is just so entertaining and interesting to listen to him. But it's even not for me. And I'm much more dedicated than the average person. And you are too. But you're still not a, a, a Jared Feather. So, yeah, I, I think a lot of it is that. So it, I'm kind of just like to moderate it. Like I, I, I definitely wouldn't consider him myself like superior to Mike Israel in any way. Maybe in that one thing that I can just relate to uh, people like you more uh, because you've had a lot of challenges. And I guess luckily for you. I had a lot of those same challenges as well. So like I can, I can resonate with what you're going through. I think uh, that that's what it is probably. But anyways, I shouldn't be talking this much. Uh, continue. What were you well, saying? <laughs> well, no, uh, uh, but what you're saying is actually like extremely accurate. Like 
the the thing is, and again, I don't want to diss Dr. Mike. Nothing but respect for what this man has put into the industry. I I think bodybuilders would do much better listening to him than all the bullshit like social media, Instagram oh, yeah, influencers. A hundred percent. It's just Dr. Mike occupies a disproportionate amount of space in the fitness industry compared to the audience that needs to hear what he has to say mm. compared to someone like yourself. Right. Because and, and the sad thing is average people are very vulnerable to the gimmicks and the bullshit. Right. Yeah. The truth is most of these people need to be reaching out to folks like you who have practice and understanding and you know the pitfalls regular guys and girls are going to run into whereas um you know they just fall for all the scams and the garbage Uh, i i and i think it i think that's the biggest spin right like you know because when you boil down and these these are some points that like i even made a note of because i wanted to bring up like some people don't don't even understand like the very basics of developing fitness plans, like a needs and wants analysis, you know, like what do you actually want out of this endeavor? What do you need to do in order to get that? And then from that, you go to your cost benefits. What are your needs going to cost you and what are your wants going to benefit you? And then kind of get into that loop and start like weighing things. This is how you've got these. And, and honestly, like I almost get sad going in the gym. When I see a guy in his mid thirties, forties, looks like a guy that's a dad, probably has like 40, 50 pounds that he's got to lose. And I see him doing like all the bullshit, right? Like they're curling in the squat rack and doing their arm pump routines. And then their only leg training is cardio on the recumbent bike fucking around i know he's going to go and wash down this entire workout with like a pizza from little caesars which is like a fast food joint uh, here in in canada Mm. and i think to myself this is so sad like this is honestly so depressing to see because he had he done a proper needs and wants analysis would have probably come to the conclusion of, gee, you know, I've got kids, I've got a wife, I've got a job, maybe even a business I'm trying to get off the ground. I don't have a lot of time to put into this. Well, I really got to maximize it. So maybe I'll just do two hard full body weight training sessions. My cardio will just have to be a step count. You know, I'll grab my wife, we'll go for a walk, get my activity up, you know, some basic shit, you know, Suddenly, he's a better husband. He's taking care of his kids. He's on top of his fitness. He gets his diet in check, starts cooking. And before you know it, his entire life is better. He's spending a quarter of the time in the gym. And that was all because, you know, he just did some basic ass shit at the very beginning before he even got to the perfect routine in the diet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think the the difficult thing about that is. You know, people are obviously looking for something cool to do. Like they are looking for the sexy stuff, as you kind of pointed out as well. Like they are vulnerable for um, falling for the bullshit. But the problem is that like at the core of all of it is just this very, very unsexy thing that is basically calorie restriction. Mm. And that is just such an unsexy simple like depressingly simple thing that it's um 
I, I think being able to stomach that is, is at the end of the day, what's going to separate the successful trainees and, and people going through these transformations from those that don't. And I think, um, yeah, like maybe the two workouts a week, uh, you know, like they'll don't like go crazy with the cardio, just, you know, focus on your diet, like nail that down. And then, you know, training can be pretty minimalistic. Like if, if they just did that, then yeah, like they would be doing so much better. But, um, I think because that food element of it is just so unsexy and so hard to stomach, I think uh, a lot of them are, are trying to basically exercise themselves out somehow or like, like try to do some magic in the gym that is going to be a game changer. And, and that's just, um, it's just not going to happen. Like e even if you're like training like a madman and like, like really like evidence-based like intensity techniques and everything, like you can be really training like a beast <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's still not going to happen. And that, that's very hard to accept, I think. So I think I'll tell you this. This, this is another element of my success. And again, I'm not blowing smoke out of your ass, but <laughs> when you sent me that initial email when the, with the plan, there were many different points where things clicked for me uh, throughout like the consultation. The first was your intake form, where you asked me a bunch of questions that made me think what this attempt, why will this attempt succeed when others fail? Because you're not the first person I've approached for coaching. You're mm. not the first attempt I've made at this shit. So you your questions really made me think about uncomfortable shit right all the stuff we, we talked about earlier you really made me be like okay like should i even bother should i even bother right now like do i have my ducks in a row for able to do his job that mm. that's that's kind of what you made me think and then when we got into the diet and you sent me this and people are probably you know if you don't mind me sharing this they're going to kick it straight probably you're going to get it uh you said well man if you're down to get some real work done 1500 calories a day and i was like fuck like i'm thinking into this like oh it's going to be your typical like 2500 to 2200 down to 18 towards the end like this is the shit i had in my head <laughs> that's what i thought you were going to recommend and you know i was trying to mentally prepare myself for like a six month journey of a pound or two pounds a week <laughs> and and i'm and i see this and there were two things that went through my mind. Number one was like, how the fuck is this going to work? And then number two, there was like, it appealed to that, like sort of rugby player inside of me, like, Oh fuck. Yes. Like this is time mm. for pain. This is time to go. And I don't know if you managed to like sniff that out from my responses that that's kind of my psychology that at least this is what I need to tap into for me to actually engage mentally in a process. I need to, bring out sort of like that that um that fire in me you know like that kind of stoked the flame i was like okay this is like hunger this is like i'm actually moving towards something and this isn't for everyone but it sure as shit was for me this hard very low calorie diet combined with high volumes of training and you know like you can attest to this in the emails this is how I thought I knew this approach was successful. I was like, okay, Abel, I'm going to try to shoot from 6,000 steps to 10,000, 10,000 mm -hmm. to 15,000, 15 to 20 on my days off. And then I'm going to try and go from four training days to six training days. Not that I recommend this to people, but you made me redefine in my head what I thought was possible. 
I thought this entire time that like 1500 calories is something women only have to go into. I didn't think men actually have to get to that point. Not only that, I thought I would fade away and make progress, but you know, I'll probably there'll probably be like transformation pictures. You can tell I recomped just fine. You know, I got my protein in oh, yeah. and my body took care of the rest. So yeah. people, I think the fitness industry is filled with a lot of babies. To be <laughs> frank, a lot of people can push harder than they think. I think that. I think that this is, especially with fat loss, especially with dieting, the more you can commit to the meat and potatoes, which is the calorie deficit and comply with it and focus on what it will take to comply with it, that will basically define the quality of your transformation. I feel very confident in saying that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, that, that's well said because, you know, with, with fat loss, basically, like the, the golden mantra is always like uh, as fast as possible and um, as slow as necessary, basically. So like um, it's, it's, you know, like if, if someone is, let's say, 10% body fat and wants to get to five for a bodybuilding contest or something like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they would love to lose three pounds a week, but, but it's just not viable because like yep. it's, it's um, would be actual actually counterproductive because they would lose so much lean mass in in your case like physiologically um there was no doubt that like you would be probably well served or at least not like hindered in any way by a, an assertive approach um and, and it was very good that like we we could have uh like an honest back and forth about this like i was like look like um physiologically this is what i would suggest like these few things that you indicated in the intake form those make me pause um do you like are, are you up for this like i i asked you which i often i often actually don't uh unless unless i don't feel that it's it's if anything for like ethical reasons it's necessary for me to at least say something about it often i will just i will just say like um okay, this, this is it, like kind of like uh, at least pretending to assume that this will be completely okay with the client, even though it often isn't. But like the thing is like, I don't want to, I also don't want to induce a nocebo effect by being like, is this going to be okay? You know, because <laughs> that can make it seem harder than it is often. Um, but th there is so much to be said for being more aggressive when someone has a long way to go like yeah like of course 1500 uh it, it was tough probably much tougher than if you were eating 2500 or 2600 and you probably could have lost especially with the activity levels that you had during this you could have lost with that a pound a week probably um now looking back do you regret uh not at all not not having eaten 2500 i mean but 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 are you sure? Like in this past six weeks, you you would have eaten a thousand more calories per day. No regrets. Are you sure? Like, think of all know. those calories you would have eaten. Yeah, it's not now, not even in the slightest. Yeah. So like, yeah. So it's it's um, it's and and nobody would ever say that they are regretting it. Uh, it's 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 regret in advance. It's just being scared of uh, having to do it. But the thing is that um, it's. The, the tough thing for many people about this, I think, and, and let me know if you agree with this in your case, like if, if that's the main thing, is that when you're eating that low as a guy, you know, like a six foot, like 200, 
plus pound person eating 1500, basically in an effect, that means that you're going to give up the enjoyment of food for a month or six weeks, whatever. That that's basically the sacrifice. And that that's a hard pill to swallow. Because as you said, like that food is one of those very few things that even if for a short while, it actually makes you happy. Like sex, food, I don't even know what else like belongs in that category of from like very basic like uh, um, biological need fulfillment type uh, activities that we do so w- would you agree with that yeah yeah it's the the thing with food right so there is so it is a very like complex thing to unpack but i would agree yeah it, it is a easily accessible cheap pleasure that society has marketed and crammed down our throats since kind of day one right um yeah but it's funny that a lot of the behaviors we engage get in the way of food right because when you like i think one of the biggest benefits of this approach um this aggressive approach is there's no room for fucking around you start getting to the point where if you choose a shitty protein bar over chicken and broccoli or whatever you know however fancy you manage to make your chicken and salad it's you're suffering more Mm. you start feeling on a very visceral level i felt my meals if i had chicken and or a lean meat and veggies or you know some cottage cheese with some fruit if that wasn't the meal and it was some other bullshit on a visceral level i felt like garbage i would step in the gym and feel like horrible like there was just no room because the body was like okay like i'm going to take care of your nutritional needs with this and i'm choosing fat for the rest so like if I didn't give myself proper nutrients, decent quality food, my body made its grievances known and then the diet becomes harder. And then it like I remember the few days that I was like, oh, I'll just get like this 300 calorie egg wrap from, you know, a fast food joint because I don't have a lot of time. I, I, I literally was like I had to like shut myself in my room for the night to not go near the fridge, right? Because I was going to eat everything in sight. I made my mistakes, but I, you know, your body punishes you and you adjust. And I think you almost inadvertently, the more harsh approach gives you a better relationship with food. It resets your palate. Suddenly food becomes tastier. Your boring meals are things I look forward to. My hard boiled eggs with my vegetables on the side. Like I couldn't wait. I'd throw some salt on my eggs and eat my veggies and i would be happy and satisfied because it was a good meal that filled me up and now when i look at pizza it's like i i remember we had this conversation like earlier i was like man i'll never be able to be around pizza i'll eat the whole thing now i don't give a shit now it's pretty Mm. easy to say no to things because the the relationship in my mind is firmly made good food equals good results shit food equals shit results and i'm just going to choose good food when i can there's no real reason like and and, you know you start learning how to cook because you want your bland meals to be less bland it it makes so many little things happen 
that you don't happen when you have 2,500 calories to play with, you can fit in a lot of garbage in that diet and you can not reset your palatability, right? Like it's, there's just so many reasons. I think every person who is struggling with weight loss or looking the way they want to, they should, even if it results in them binging, they will gain some valuable insights into their food relationship by pushing the envelope a bit, a bit further than your 1% a week. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of interesting things that you brought up there. Um, I think for one, I totally agree. And, and this is something I've been saying for the longest time, like aggressive dieting is, is um, a very good way of kind of resetting that uh, hedonic desensitization that we tend to have so like uh you know you know how this treadmill goes or or stairmaster i guess mike israel calls it a hedonic treadmill but i think a hedonic <laughs> stairmaster would be better because it's um it's it's well okay okay maybe i shouldn't use this analogy but i analogize it with porn <laughs> that uh, <laughs> like uh so like if, if anybody has done no fat uh like if you if you do no fap and then you watch porn and then at first like you're just looking at like like two people like kissing and you're like <gasps> like your your mind like your brain explodes like you probably you don't even need to touch yourself you're just gonna <laughs> okay I will I will have to edit this out I'm gonna get canceled but then like you know like if you do it every day then at the end of it like you might actually have to watch some pretty kinky shit to get you going because like it, it desensitizes you pretty quickly like that's one of the problems with porn I'm definitely cutting this out. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, oh god and uh, but yeah so with food like it, it definitely um it, it's kind of mind-blowing to me how quickly that happens and i even, even back when uh, the very initial like first attempts i had at eating healthy when i was like 20 or something even then i noticed that i was for example trying to eat a low-carb diet and i would have sweet cravings a lot like i would be craving just anything sweet like fruits even um and then i did my first like real calorie restricted diet and i noticed that okay it's like it sucks ass but i don't have sweet cravings that that i did notice like i i i don't have that i want to have the same boring salty savory like bland foods that i was eating so far and so like in that sense, the same thing is accomplished with any kind of aggressive diet. Like you will have issues, but the issue will be hunger, which is not good. Don't get me wrong. But the benefit is that you will get to appreciate these simpler foods a lot more. And while that's happening, like by the time you're finishing with the diet, you're like those foods that you used to crave a lot, like they, they will be just a lot less salient in your mind. And, and, and people, um, like an easy way to make people understand this is so like, uh, think of any food that you're craving, you know, anybody listening to this and, you know, probably you're thinking of pizza or French fries, whatever. So what if I told you that like, there is a food that's been proven scientifically to be the tastiest food on the planet. It's called the, whatever, um, Hunululu, whatever burger, or not not burger, like like so Hunululu. That's the name, okay? That's that's the tastiest food on. It's tastier than pizza, tastier than ice cream. Um, so, are you craving it? 
is the tastiest thing? And the answer is no, because you have no memory of it. Like you have no associations with, like you have no idea how it tastes. You just know that it's tasty, but it's this abstract thing in your head. And basically the same thing happens when you don't eat something for a long time. I'm not saying that it, it is quite like that because you could always, if you really try, could recall how some really tasty stuff tastes that you haven't eaten in a long time. But it's very different if you're eating it like once a week or once every two days or every day versus like you haven't eaten it in months. Um, mm. So yeah, like, like that can be a big benefit. And, and as you said, it's like you're actually being punished if you're eating 1500 and you're like, okay, so I can fit in a slice, slice of pizza, but like, man, how much like salads and stuff like that I could be spending that on the, the concept of energy density and food volume will burn into your memory. Like it no other time. Yeah. You're, you're hitting the nail. You're hitting the nail on the head. Like it's, and it also does like, we as a fitness community, all of us that are participating in it, uh, and like you're the only one who talks about this stuff, and more people need to because we need to talk about, you know, Lyle McDonald says this a lot. And this is one of the few things I think that he's like, you know, definitely ahead of was ahead of the industry on. Um, I mean, I guess a lot of things, but he, he can be mean, so we don't talk about it. <laughs> uh, he essentially says something along the lines of it isn't the what we know the mechanisms forwards and backwards as to how weight gets lost and what percentage of it is fat you know the concept of muscle growth is way more odd and hard to pinpoint than fat loss we know fat loss very very well in the literature we're failing at compliance and sort of from the fat loss onwards, like where do we go? And the answer in my eyes is before the fat loss are really like in the psychological element, what takes place in the individual? What behaviors are they subscribing to, right? You know, like if we go back to that needs and wants analysis, like you, you know, like for instance, people will hear this plan we just outlined on myself and think, uh, you know, like, wow, Tom was so dedicated. I, I would stop someone like this is the most frustrating thing when people in the office ask me like what I did. Like I'm afraid to oh, tell yeah. them. I'm yeah, genuinely yeah. afraid to tell them because I, if they're going to try some poor mom who has kids to take care of and a husband that doesn't participate in chores and her career to balance is going to try to do what I did in a quest to look good again. And, and fuck up. Like I'm a young guy that outside of my job had few responsibilities and, you know, I have a rugby background. I have a different mindset and a different reason for why I'm doing this. You know, what I'm going to be willing and able to do is so far apart than most people. The diet's pretty similar. Like I would say, yeah, everybody like, you know, low calories is going to have a lot of benefits for you. But in terms of everything else I did, that is just not what I would recommend. That is just because, you know, inadvertently through struggling through this diet and the training that we did, I found out that I love this more than anything. You know, training makes me feel alive. I feel great again, you know, uh, and everything else felt dull. This is kind of like what the diet did and the training did, because we can segue into the training because I think that's important too. 
Like the diet taught me how to value food to get, how to repair my, like where I was going wrong with food, how to value good food and devalue bad food. It made me understand why I was binging, right? It reinforced that I need to stay on top of my psychological game and my environment. And then saying no to garbage is like easy because it's fucking garbage and I don't want it. Like it's in my, for me, for me, the individual, right? Like the reason I was binging on pizza was because I was so miserable and pizza fulfilled that void. If I took care of that void, there's nothing for the pizza there. It's just a waste of my time. I have other goals and other things I want to get done. I'd rather, you know, eat the foods conducive to that and then just make them tasty enough so that I don't hate my life. Like I'm a pretty basic guy. I can't, you know, I've tried making these fancy recipes that you see like low calorie, this anabolic, that I'm like, fuck, like the only thing I can taste is calorie free sweetener. Uh, uh, When it comes to spices, all I can taste is garlic. Like that might be (laughs) a reason I've been obese is because I don't taste things that intensely. I never have. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think uh, that can go both ways. Um, it's because like, I, I also feel like, um, so I also feel like I don't have a very sophisticated like taste perception ability, which I actually think plays to my advantage. Um, okay. And, and, and I think I am a person who could like, relatively like at least physiologically like relatively easily stay very lean and i think i would have a very very easy time being obese like uh it's yeah i, I don't know i think i would make an excellent like sumo wrestler at least like <laughs> I, I i i would never have the issue of making weight i'm i'm pretty sure of that for example yeah. um so like i i don't know honestly which whether that's a disadvantage or an advantage I think a lot, lot more than that. Like I think the mindset there um, is is playing a much bigger role because the thing is that um, what you're saying now about like why would you need the pizza if if you are if everything is complete in your life? Like you know, let, let's not kid ourselves. Like nobody needs pizza, but pizza right. like is it, is definitely tastier than you know like a salad. Like um, a, like a p- pizza is freaking pizza. So like of course it's great. I think um, like basically you have to have something that is making it worthwhile to take on the extra bit of inconvenience that that goes into eating something that maybe is a little bit less palatable than a pizza and definitely is at least a bit more like cumbersome to prepare. And I think um, that point that you were in your life, like, you know, this is my last attempt uh, I tried so many things. It didn't work. I'm not the man I want to be. Like, you know, someone might hear hear those and say like, oh, like, man, like that's such like melodramatic bullshit. But no, like <laughs> you you have to have, you really have to have something that is yeah. that is going to be like a, a very strong pull, at least to get you started before you get into the flow of things, especially. So I, yeah. I think uh, that that's the biggest thing um, or one of the biggest things anyway. That was very well said. Uh, yeah, like it's sometimes when you're in the thick of it, it's hard to pull yourself out and uh, and look at it that way. I think you you definitely you definitely took the melodrama out and stated that in a better way than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I I a hundred percent agree with what you said, uh, especially in the fuel de- 
apartment like you need you need that emotional fuel you need to like you need to have your why i'm sure i'm not the only person that said this but you need to know why you're doing what you're doing and that will define your ability because the why is what will what is the only thing you'll have at certain points right so like i i didn't do like it it was unhealthy. There were times, like, I remember you sent me emails. You're like, yeah, it's probably a good idea to back off on the calorie deficit now and maybe eat a little more. And I was like, no, I want to keep going. I want to keep going. You know, I wasn't necessarily doing the healthiest stuff. I was drinking like a two liter diet soda just so I could fall asleep because I was so hungry. Or I was, you know, at lots of caffeine and and here in Canada, ephedrine is legal. So I had that too, to keep myself oh. focused on my job during the day instead of, um, uh, and, and instead of like how hungry I was, the a, a, especially during the last few weeks, like I definitely don't want to say that it was the way people should do it. But I found in my toughest moments, the why was all I had. The, mm. the reason as to why I'm doing this and going through this discomfort, I needed, I needed to have my why ready at a moment's notice to like make those decisions, to when I'm starving, not go on Uber and order pizza to throw some chicken on the pan and pull some broccoli out and or some, you know, make a salad or whatever. Or, you know, like instead of my cheat meal being, um, you know, ice cream or chocolate being like two protein bars and some jello to fill some calorie free jello to fill me up like that. I had to have that. And, you know, like it, for me, the why was it was this or going back to the man I was. And that to me was unacceptable. I'd lived that way my whole life. I'm doing this to be something else. Yeah. So if that, you don't have your why, you're going to struggle. Sorry. Uh, sorry to interrupt. I, I thought you were um, just no, tapering off. Yeah. Um, but uh let me let me ask you this as a kind of practical thing because i think a lot of people might be might be uh, wondering like okay so like surely there must be some hacks or some little trick uh that that helped him to make it through because i mean you know no matter what way we slice it like 1500 calories is um is, is tough. So was there like a tipping point for you during the process where okay like it was like pretty tough up until this point. And from then on, it, it became easier. Like you were just kind of riding a, a, a wave of diet momentum, which uh, a lot of people get into at some point uh, that make it through successfully in my experience. And, and, and I have the same thing as well. So what was, was there something like that for you? It was, yeah, there was, there was, um, I can't remember exactly the spot in terms of weeks, but uh, there's I, we can go back and dig up the email because that was the day that I remember the email I sent you. It was the day I sent you the email where I wanted to switch my split from four days a week to six. Mm -hmm. um, it was... It was, again, it was the click I had in the middle of the journey where we got a bunch of results. I had gotten off like a call with you recently where, you know, you were like, damn, this is impressive. You're not fucking around. You actually mean business here. And like that meant a lot to me to get that recognition that I mm. was, you know, because it put some faith in myself. But 
a whole bunch of things clicked when once again, I was at like that point where I had to say no to food. And, you know, like I had another one of those decisions and I'm like my whole life, I've been chasing results. What I should have been chasing is this moment right here, Mm. because this moment is meaningful. This moment of like suffering for what I want. It isn't what I want. That's making it worth it it's that i get to make these decisions and prove to myself that i can do this when i made that connection in my head this has been a breeze since then because it was it was the connection i had my feedback loop you know i had suddenly i had this feedback loop where every time i wanted to do something else my brain wanted to go in a different direction i could yank it back because I now stopped chasing six pack abs, X amount of muscle, X amount of weight on the bar, X amount of this. When I showed up to the gym, I wanted to feel that feeling at the bottom of a squat when you want to give up, but you don't and you get the rep. When I, when I was eating my food, it was, you know, obviously to like keep myself healthy and stuff. But those decisions in the diet where I got to prove to myself that I cared about this enough to say no to the person I used to be and say yes, so I could be the person I wanted to be. Those were the moments I started craving because every time I managed to succeed, it became one more thing to reinforce the pattern that I wanted. Mm. So though, that's what we need to promote, I think, because the, the abs are shiny but they're, they're fleeting, right? Because what happens when you're at the end of your diet, diet's done, you, that's when people fail. Lots of people can suffer for three months, but then they're right back to being the person they used to be. They say, fuck it, and they're fat again. That's like the most common thing. People go on these crazy water diets and all this bullshit. They suffer, they white knuckle it, and then they're fat like three, like a month later, sometimes even worse than when the diet started. And I think it's crucial because they sold themselves that when they got their abs or they got their weight loss or they got their result, that they would be happy. But your human psychology doesn't work like that. We need patterns, behaviors, environments. We need systems. We need reasons. We need, we need sort of, we need to ride that bicycle, that hamster wheel. I don't, I know I'm rambling, but what I'm trying to communicate is that the moments of pain and struggle and difficulty, those are what you should chase. Those are what you should be looking for because every time you get those tiny little wins, you get to prove to yourself that you're actually doing it. You're actually doing it because the results are whatever. They come and they go and you can lose them in the flick of a moment. Car hits you, you can't train anymore. So what? You're going to go back to being fat? Someone planted a burger in front of your face. Suddenly, all you can eat is burgers because, I don't know, like your friend decided that you were making it, you were mogging him too hard at the gym. So he's tied you and you're, all he'll do is let you eat McDonald's. So, so what? You're going to get fat again? Like you have, you have to find those struggles and make those struggles a part of your life if you're ever going to look like you struggled at all. Yeah. Um, by the way, just a side note, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Thomas's new book, uh, Impossible is Nothing, is available on Amazon. 
just kidding. Um, no, but like it's 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 totally true. And so, like your journey and like the state of mind you're in now versus what you were in in the beginning. Um, it really reminds me of that uh, transformation I had in 2017, and and people can like it's it's all kind of explained. For me, the big trigger was not just like wanting to be uh, the man that I thought I should be, but like that that's when I met the girl um, that's now my wife, and that was like a, a really big motivator for me at the time uh, to get my shit together because like I, I was. Uh, similarly to Thomas, like I, I was very much like lost in the sea of like just really messed up eating behaviors. And like, I, I just, I just didn't see a, a way out. Like I, I planned to do certain things so many times. Like I made resolutions. I, I made so many like, like calculators for myself in, in, in spreadsheets and whatever to optimize training or diet or what have you. And, and like nothing actually worked out at the end or I never stuck to anything and I couldn't trust myself anymore. It was a really horrible feeling when I went through my little transformation and not only did I lose fats, that was a, a really cool thing that happened, but like I found a way of, of eating and interacting with this whole fitness lifestyle that I just felt that everything fell into place. Like, like all those things that I could just not see, how can I ever make this work? all of a sudden it became like this straightforward, seemingly obvious, like simple thing that like, okay, of course I can make this work. And it was such an empowering feeling that like people actually asked me like, Hey, so have you been taking some, some like psychedelics or like, have you had an LSD trip or something? Cause like, you seem like you're enlightened. And I was, I mean, so I didn't take LSD and I didn't do those things, but I was enlightened. Cause like, it was like, man, like, like it, it finally makes sense. Um, and I think the lesson from all of this is there are those people when it comes to, for example, like um, being leaner or, or the fitness stuff, um, like there are those people that just intuitively have everything figured out. Like they never had a challenge. They never watched the video in their lives about how to lose fat or whatever, because like they, they just do things and just things just happen. Um, or maybe at most, they just had to receive like a spreadsheet from someone. They looked at the plan and things just worked out and it's great for them. And, and that's why we admire them. They will often be, you know, the ones that become fitness professionals, uh, the ones that will become great athletes. And that's great. But the thing is, most of us are not like that. And if you really had to struggle for this and overcome like a lot of like, you know, throw off a lot of like personal baggage and like fight a lot of your demons with this, that's hard. But when you actually manage to overcome that, that can be a really, really incredible feeling. And that's something that those gifted ones won't get the same yeah. way. So that's, you know, like uh, choose, your, uh, choose your struggle or, you know, like, like God gives, God takes away uh, in that sense. So I, th I, think, uh, I think we should uh, touch on a few practical things uh, sure. at this point. So uh, first of all, diet-wise, like I think one really key thing in your journey and, and uh, let me know if I'm getting this wrong, but like you did pretty much like the, the thing that I'm trying to get across to everyone that like try to get into a, um, a routine with your diet, um, like have a basically a meal plan. It can be two or three that you're rotating through, but basically have a simple plan and just, just follow that. Uh, and, and try to take your mind off of the, the food side of things from then on. And that's pretty much what you did from day one. Uh, is that right? Yep. Yep. Uh, stay busy. 
don't pay attention. Uh, you know, fuck the people who say you're orthorexic, just orthorexic for just making better choices. Keep your food simple, I think is very good, especially if you're trying to repair your relationship. Don't spend 20 hours cooking. Make some yeah. basic meals, make them not taste like shit. Stay consistent and get it get into a rhythm and make it fit your life in a way that you can sustain. And, you know, like keep in mind what you're doing. You're trying to make, you're trying to get into a pattern. It doesn't matter what influencers say, burgers and fries and random meals and eating the way you, you know, eating for feels. That's for, that's not for you. If you're obese, you need to try, you need to learn to walk before you can run and you need to do basics, get into a flow and keep it simple. The simplest, like when it comes to dieting, I think Occam's razor is like reign supreme. The simplest answer is usually the right one. Yeah, like uh, so it was 1500 calories. And like, so maybe you could actually share that because uh, people like that sort of stuff. But like, so it wasn't, um, wasn't 1500 calories of like a low calorie cheesecake and uh, low calorie, like high protein pizza or whatever. Like, no, like 1500 calories is going to be some pretty simple sh- bullshit that you're going to be eating because that's what's going to fill you up. And yeah, like, like that, that's the problem of like you, you said jokingly, don't cook for 20 hours. Don't do that really, because like, even if you do that and you manage to concoct something amazing, like it's, it's not going to be worth it because, um, there is like, like, like you can, there's only so much like hedonic, like pleasure you can squeeze out of 1500 calories as a six foot, you know, like 190 to 200 pound guy. Yeah. Like it, it's, yeah. not, it's not going to happen. The other thing is, um, training that, that, that has been very interesting because, um, yeah, may, maybe just, uh, you, you want to touch on like, uh, what were your, uh, like, you know, things yeah. that we had to like work with that were special conditions. For, for sure. So, uh, lots of injuries. Uh, this is where the consultation, I think like I got a ton out of it. Uh, it's, and I, you know, I've, I've traditionally failed here before. So I come from, you know, I, I bought into the Martin Birkin stuff way back when, uh, and I got a lot of injuries from that because if you pair like the rugby mentality with, training to failure on every set that's a bad recipe um you know because failure in it failure from that world was like not oh i can't do another rep it was like do you feel like you're dead yet you know that's and again i mean this isn't to purport that it's a very destructive stupid way to be but it's just how rugby players tend to be if you see most of Mm -hmm. them they tend to be crippled by the age of 30 and there's a reason (laughs) for that um so with training uh you know that's a lot of the times you had to rein me back i wanted to be a superhero and fly before i could run but there is there was a lot of you saying you know okay if you've blown your hips and knees out a bunch of times maybe you should try a smith machine squat instead of a free squat you know and we're we're now planning to move towards the movements i want to do but i had to like get used to training and especially if you're obese you're gonna have to stomach the fact that most of the fitness world isn't made for you as dumb as that sounds you (laughs) need to you need to do some basic shit i'm going to recommend that a lot of obese people if you're on your own use some machines you don't know how to move especially if you've never been an athlete or played a sport or done this barbell squats might seem simple to your average football player but to somebody who's been a couch potato 
you need to get used. Your muscles just have not experienced anything like consistent training and conditioning. You have to be training is the most customized thing. It's the number one reason I think everyone should start this journey with a coach now that I've experienced it, because you're going to avoid so many pitfalls. You're going to avoid the over-analysis, the analysis by paralysis. You're going to avoid uh, a lot of the injuries that you're just, you're going to do. Like if you look at the way people bench press or they squat or they deadlift, right? They're killing themselves uh, little by little. And you, the worst thing to happen to someone in their fitness journey is to get hurt. It, it does so many horrible things to your mind, fit or fat. It's bad. It's just horrible. Yeah, especially if you're using uh, the gym as a bit of a demon uh, slayer place. Yeah. Like, uh, like yeah. then is the worst. Because like, if, if you're just like, in, in that sense, it's much better for those that actually don't enjoy working out. They just do it for the results. Uh it's like, yeah, okay, well, at least I will get to take a break. It's like when you're sick from school, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But, and, and then during, especially like fat loss, when you're like finally getting into a nice momentum, that's where, that's when I, at the end, like when um, in the last like two weeks or so, when you asked me about like reintroducing free weight squats, I was like, yeah, sure. Like, like maybe let's wait at least like, like let's use that as a reward when you're hitting like certain benchmarks or something. Cause like um, that, that's uh you know, like this great mindset that you got into, like, let, let's say you like blew out your hips completely or like, like you had to like completely lay off from the gym. Like, can you imagine like how that would yeah. have treated you mentally? Like it's, 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 uh, it's not even funny. So yeah, that, that's why uh, it's, it's good to be conservative with that stuff. Um, especially. So if you're really like training for one, and secondly, if you're, if you're like pretty strong, which you are like you have like a good um genetics probably for like power production and getting the like, gaining strength relatively efficiently yeah. you had the muscle memory um so it's actually it's a pretty good recipe for getting hurt if you're being too reckless with things it's you know then people need to hear this from you because you've probably seen people do this to themselves but i can attest yeah. it's a vicious fucking loop it is something you know i have been in there like injuring myself and diets and being stubborn and trying to push through and re-injuring and re-aggravating and re-injuring and re-aggravating and again it's like we were talked about it's the diet. Every time you fail, it gets that much harder to try again. So take your time. There will always be time to get stronger and push harder. There will always be time to do more. But you need to be thinking ahead with your training. Training rewards planning. It rewards consistency and it rewards uh, it rewards maturity right the warrior-ish mindset that i've fallen in love with and and indulge in with the diet can be very useful right because that's where you know like uh, like grinding through a diet will yield results right the less you eat the faster fat comes off training isn't that way training is training it's a plan it is a method it is a system that you have to be consistent with and then it rewards you little bits at a time you know and the sooner you can embrace this and live it and be consistent with it the better it will be because the if someone were to make 
half the gains but train three times longer, they're going to be way further ahead than someone who made three times the gains but could only train a quarter of the time before they got hurt, regress, and then try it again. Yeah. You know, like it's slow and steady wins the race. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, like that's some some um, some things to like pick up from, I think, from the, the stories of successful trainees. Like, of course, just like in the case of dieting and staying lean, some people are just so gifted. Uh, some people are really gifted in the in the area of uh, injury resistance like some people just just don't get injured no matter what they do those are actually somewhat dangerous uh case studies to look at because you get some silly ideas from them um i for one can definitely tell you that if if i'm looking at um all the times actually just in like last week's podcast episode with dave maconi and and brian borstein i was talking about this that like i had like three kind of growth spurty moments in my training journey where I like made the biggest leaps. And with all of them, the common denominator was that I kind of like just stuck to a relatively simple plan. And I just stuck with that for many months. Uh, in one of those cases, I, I had a coach, which helped a lot. Uh, for many people, actually, that, that can be like a big benefit of coaching. I would say if that's the only thing, it might be a bit of a waste of money. But like, so it's like, okay, the coach gave me the program. Like, so like, I guess it would be kind of awkward if I program hopped and like my progress yeah. is going to be like completely shit because of that. That's, that's honestly exactly as you said, like you cannot like you can only rush the process so much with training like and it's something that's hard to intuitively accept because in other areas it's kind of different like if you're doing a lot more of something you're gonna get more in with training like yeah i guess like if you're talking about doing like two sets versus five and five to ten that's already like kind of iffy uh but then 10 to 20 i mean that's definitely not twice the results so yeah um yeah it's 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 a tough thing to wrap your head around uh but it, it is very true so yeah but let's continue yeah <laughs> it's it, yeah no it's i i i mean we've discussed like the plans going forward like you know i made peace with the fact like training adds a, a meaning to my life a dimension that I've been missing for most of it. And that's kind of why I've always pushed the intensity of my training so much. So, you know, I, I need to fight, but even then, right. A lot of the training plan has been managing my psychology. You know, I went to you and said, I want to be in the gym six days a week. I don't necessarily know if this is productive. How can we do this? So I don't shoot myself in the foot. Like that was a question I asked because the truth is for a novice trainee, under, with muscle memories, whether I trained three full body sessions or six days a week, it probably wouldn't change much at all. But, yeah. you know, I was addressing my psychology, which I think is a bigger, a bigger, a bigger thing. But again, that's where you came in and you kind of managed and took that stress off of me to kind of show me how to do that without doing stupid push, pull legs, bullshit that athlete next promotes. Sorry for sure. <laughs> no, I mean, there, yeah, ju- just for the record, like push, pull legs can be totally fine. If for it's, sure. If, if, if the training is otherwise like intelligent. So the split is, is not going to uh, make or break the program. It's, it's more about like other characteristics, but yeah. Um, 
Yeah, like it's it's uh I was actually kind of stunned by like how far we could go with like because we started off like very, very low. Like so not only were we like quite low in volume, but it was also like not not like so it was not low volume and like all out intensity. Like no, like we had like reps mm. plural in the tank and you you were doing super well. So like it, it just goes to show like when you had a layoff, uh wasn't really pushing it before. And you have muscle memory. I mean, holy shit, like you, you're just looking at a barbell and like you're going to grow from that. So it's especially now like you will be better fed. Uh, it, now is, is the time to be pushing things more. Um, but it, it's just simply like we could have done it, but like it, it actually would have just been needless, uh, needless risk, uh, especially looking back, seeing how well you did. Yeah. Like what, what more could, could you have <laughs> asked for? Like, uh. It, yeah. If, if absolutely. And I mean, like, uh, yeah, I, people, you know, and this is where this is, I, again, we're coaching. I'm just like, I, I can't stress enough that I think what trainees, you know, people, cause to be fair, like if, if you're just a fat person that wants to look better and take care of themselves and live a long, happy life and play with your kids and shit, you probably don't need to look into this too much. But a lot of us that get into these podcasts that read and really chase after this, we want something more. And for those of us that have an end goal of getting someone with their physique or their strength training or whatever, I think we need to keep in mind our psychology. And when you start off with a coach, a coach is really going to expose your weaknesses. So like my weakness is I'm very likely to break myself. I'm very likely to push a stupid amount and hurt myself. A lot of this journey is going to unlearn this toxic mindset slash relationship I built in previous years with barbells where I'm like looking for pain, essentially. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be you know, training like an athlete, training for a purpose. Every rep has a reason to for what i want and that's going to be hard for me this is like a new battle like this is you know i'm good at suffering you know that's why i succeeded with the diet so well i'm not good at you know just clock it in this is what the plan is do your reps plan it out do your thing forget about it you did your piece for the day like that's going to be hard for me it's going to be very hard to do a set of squats and have two or three laps and rack the bar. That's going to yeah. be very difficult mentally for me to do, but that's my next step in the journey. Some other people, they might, they might just be watching too much bullshit, too much woo woo. Like, Oh, like I need four RIR and I need to manage my volume and my intensity and I need to periodize my training. And this is, you know, they're going to get lost in all of this shit. And it's like, bro, you're not eating nearly enough. You, you haven't done a hard set of anything ever. Maybe you should take a leg press set and just go until you can. See what that feels like. And then maybe that will completely change how you train and you'll actually start making progress. Because I see those people, you know, I train with, I train with um, a bodybuilder the other day, a friend of mine, sad story. Dude is 19 and hopped on steroids almost immediately. Oh. Like that's kind of tragic. Uh, but I think I know why after training with him, because like he <laughs> spent like, oh yeah, like he's like, you know, he was looking at me because I was fat at the time. 
He's like, I bet you don't even know what it training to failure feels like. And I'm sitting there fat. I'm like, how am I going to argue with this guy? Like <laughs> fat as I am that he probably has no idea what he's talking about. So now that I'm in shape, I fired him a picture just one day. I took, you know, one of those pictures where the lights coming down and mm -hmm. got a good flex in and an arm pump. And he's like, bro, we got to work out. So I'm like, all right, sure. That was, that was a celebratory back day I told you about. And I'm training and you know, <laughs> I think he, he wanted to show me up a bit to kind of like show me the ropes after he saw that I care about the gym. Yeah. There is nothing to show me like, you know, like his failure set was just like my every set. <laughs> That's just how I train. And, but consequently we also had a novice that had not trained ever. And that guy, you know, needed a completely different thing. Like that dude was like doing two sets and he's like, Oh man, I'm done. I don't want to do anymore. It's like, man you like those weren't even sets you were warming up you need to you need to push the envelope a bit you need to you need to realize you're not going to die just because you're out of breath yeah 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 this uh, is where coaches come in i think they're going to see that and call you out either way one thing is maybe just to touch on like the if if you want to uh like the loose skin aspect like um but maybe like just to put everything in context, like, you know, like this would be even more uh, impressive. Um, but so keep that in mind for the people. We, we don't have to. So only if you if you want. Yeah, no, no, I'm uh, I'm perfectly OK with it. Right. Like I'm hoping that one thing folks who will get out of this, any trainers will be able to like set realistic expectations for the clients, any people that are obese can have realistic expectations. This part's actually important to me and why I want to give like real transformation pictures, like what it actually looks like, because this was one of the primary things that caused me to have one of the re weight rebound things that get so often recorded in literature and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. you start out like one of the things um, that most obese people do when they try to get in shape is they're going to have that carrot and stick in their head of abs and beauty and glory at the end they're going to look like this amazing fitness influencer that they saw on instagram and this is a bitter pill you're just gonna have to find a way to swallow unless you are extremely lucky that's just not going to be the case you're going to have loose skin almost in direct proportion to how obese you got you know if you only have to lose 60 pounds you might be okay with you might just have some stretch marks if you got to where i got to where i was 150 maybe even more if you consider muscle gain pounds overweight um your 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 skin's going to be stretched out you might have like inches and inches you know like as the people will see from the pictures, like my chest skin hangs down a couple inches from where it should be. My waist hangs down. It also will give you some hiccups. Uh, if you're, when you're taking your skin fold caliper measurements, your fat, as you get leaner, especially it shifts. So like certain areas are leaner and others look fatter because your fat literally isn't pressed against the muscle. It just hangs into the skin. So that contributes even more to some of the look, you know, like I, for instance, uh, shredding down, like, you know, people will are commenting all the time uh, now because of how veiny and vascular I am. And they think like I'm super lean and, and peeled and I'm not. It's just the way I store fat is shifted. Um, and like, for instance, I had pec veins, but I had like a 33, 34 inch veins. 
Like I had pec veins in the top of my chest, but there was a ton of fat at the bottom of my chest. So these are some things that you got to keep in mind that when you're taking your measurements, do not compare to anyone online. They're strictly to track progress and nothing else. So that's very, very important. Yeah. yeah. And then um, when you get to the bottom, uh, you're going, I, I think this is what I chose to do and what I recommend, right? Surgery is most people aren't going to get it. I think when you look into it, there's downsides. There's, you know, unless, unless you're getting some real downsides from it, I'm going to probably recommend that you take the time to understand why you're really on this journey. You know, I think you're going to have a much healthier mindset if this becomes less about abs, less about meeting some random, like societally imposed goal and more about improving yourself and being a better version of you. Like if you can cement that in your consciousness, your chance of success, of sticking with it, of going for the long haul is just so much higher. If you can't internalize the journey of fitness you're going to have a really tough time because you're going to have these standards that just don't belong, you know, in my opinion. And then um, some practical tips. When you finally get there, get like Under Armour compression uh, uh, shirts. They help a lot. Chafing is a real problem when you start wearing clothes that fit with all the skin. So like having uh, clothes that like pull your skin in for you can really help like with rashes and stuff, which is something I recommend. So that's a practical tip when people start actually getting leaner. Uh, and other than that, you know, learn to bear it with a badge of honor. You got something in the mirror to remind you of the journey you're on. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. yeah. No. And it's, um, it's very, very cool. I think for people to just hear, you know, kind of like the unfiltered truth, um, which I mean, to be fair, probably a lot of uh, people don't talk about this because the ones that are sharing their stories at the end of a, a big transformation are are often the lucky ones. And and there are some um, in in some instances, I I was actually amazed, like like how the hell like you lost so much weight and like how did you, how do you not have any like almost any loose skin? But but those are far and few between. So like that is going to be a consequence to one degree or, not, or another. And, and some people might have it really bad. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's basically all of the things uh, that you said, like, like you need to find uh, like that kind of deep driving motivator. And, and also like, I guess, uh, internalize the, the pain points as well. Like, why do you really want to have this despite all of those things um because i'm obviously i can tell you like hey but like um health wise like it's still very important like like uh, you're gonna have loose skin either way but like uh do you want to have like a bunch of like uh excess body fat pushing against it like is that any better like what about your health but like i, I guess like rationally everybody or most people will know that um and at the end of the day, like, you know, we are making emotional decisions most of the time. So, so that it, what, what you said is completely true. Like you need to be able to tap into all of that. Um, and, you know, as far as surgeries are concerned, like uh, it, it's, I, I don't know what the financial implications of that are, but, you know, that industry and, and those procedures, like I was actually quite mind blown. Uh, cause I, I started looking into that cause 
I came across some people who were concerned about this, and I was actually surprised by how um, how how much more of a complete job they are able to do than what I even imagined before. So I mean that that's always an option. Um, yeah. So so yeah, man. Um, I think the the last thing that we should touch on at this point is. I guess the most exciting and also like most scary part of all of this for many people, and that is the transition. And, and that's where you are now. So um, we decided, uh, I mean, you decided and I, you know, I was more than okay with your decision. I think it's a perfectly fine and, and, and even a decision I'm, I, I would actually prefer myself um, looking at your case and how far you've come is that it's time to just stop. Like you, of course, could get leaner. And I have no doubt that like you, you could drop another 15, even 20 pounds. Like uh, the state you're in now, like mentally and just how much momentum you've gathered with the whole thing. I, I think you could like get down to freaking like 6% body fat probably, even, yeah. even if you had to like just not eat by the end of it. Like I think you could just like fast for a month if that's what it took. But there is just, no rational reason to push things any further, I think. So we are going to start, uh, I think first, uh, we kind of agreed on like, just try to like conservatively kind of reverse into like a maintenance, well, not reverse to maintenance, like go to maintenance and then take it from there, go into a gaining phase. Um, so, so let's talk about, so like, first of all, what is your frame of mind? How do you, uh, think about this upcoming uh, time? Absolutely. And I think this is very crucial because again, these are the, these are things no one talks about in the fitness industry, or at least not enough, right? This dieting is temporary, right? Like you don't do it forever. You need to have, you need to start thinking about your future on your way out. You need to, you know, this is where, again, I think coaches are extremely handy because they give you an outside like neutral perspective on what's going on because your mind will fuck with you. Um, you know, this is as much a mental journey as it is a physical one. And, uh, yeah, like it's, it's very easy for obese people that actually make it to get stuck in that like diet mindset, like, you know, paranoid about the scale going up, paranoid about weight fluctuations, paranoid about all of this stuff about maintenance or even gaining, right? Like, so this is again, why I think, and it ties into this whole thing we've talked about your why is crucial because it will help you define the next step and the rest of your life, right? If you're a mom or a dad or a businessman, somebody who fitness is just a portion, you know, it's just something that you have to do, right? You want to play with your kids. You want to live to be a 70-year-old man that can run around with his grandchildren. Like you want those very practical, very important parts of being a human. It's important to be like, okay, I got what I wanted out of this journey. Let's maintain and I think maintenance, regardless, is the most important step. You need everybody needs to learn maintenance because eventually we're all going to maintain. Even if you're a bro and you want to be as jacked as possible, maintenance will be a part of your life eventually. You can't grow forever. You can't cut forever. At some point, you're going to have to eat normally. Mm -hmm. So, and and it also helps psychologically. It helps you. You know, like, for instance, one thing people will think is, oh, I've been eating 1500 calories. I'm going to be so full when I eat a bunch of food. I'm never going to need to worry about being hungry ever again. I'm done with suffering. I'll never need to control myself. I can just have my fun now. doesn't work that way. I went to my friend's house the other day. We had chicken thighs and some potatoes. 
Thank fucking goodness that I whipped out my calculator and got like a good estimation based on what we used to prepare the food of what I was eating. Cause it was pretty fatty. He likes his butter and his oils and he accommodated me enough through this journey. I wasn't going to like tell him how to cook and thank goodness I like budgeted cause I ate the food and I was at my calorie limit and I could have eaten double the food. I could have eaten triple the food. Mm. I could have just kept going and going. I was plenty hungry. Part of that's probably the diet, but these are things that you need to be ready for. You need to be ready for, your hunger signals not matching up, especially when you're exiting a diet phase. You need to, this is, I think, why maintenance is so important for folks because you get to practice just not like rigid restraint, but control. You know, you're an adult now, you're not a child. You need to accept that the days of seeing a cake and scarfing it all down are behind you. You know, you might have the occasional occasion where you slip up. That's okay. You shouldn't like beat yourself up, but you need to start looking at food as a part of your life, not the point of your life. And mm. you need to, you need to, I, I, it's crucial that you just have restraint. Like it's a good restraint. Isn't, you know, this is where maturity and, you know, being, you know, kind of being an adult about it really helps. You don't deserve to eat a certain amount. You don't deserve to feel full till you feel like you're going to burst all the time. You need to, you know, this is where, especially if you're not like my goals, for instance, as we've discussed, I want to put on as much muscle and strength, right? That rugby background, I just want to see what I can do. If that's not your thing, sweet. So start focusing on the things that will allow you to maintain these results for the rest of your life. Be keep being mindful, keep eating mindfully, keep your meal patterns, stay organized, stay consistent, have your fun, but keep returning to the principles that got you here. Keep returning to your, your foods. You know, we always as bodybuilders love to rip on the dietary guidelines. If you actually read them and you follow them, you'll be a pretty healthy person. Like they promote vegetables and meats and lean protein sources and whole grains. Like, you know, try to incorporate regular eating patterns and like be in touch with a good lifestyle, you know, start just making it part of your life and graduating, so to speak, you know, from. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you, you brought up a, a lot of good points. I can sort of tell that you're watching my videos. I'm just yeah, kidding. yeah. I, I've um, been following. I, I, I that's yeah. part of it. You got to educate yourself and prepare for it. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, um, yeah. Like, like some of those things. Uh, I actually don't know if you heard it from me, but like, I like some of them are actually my pet peeves. What you said about, you know, now I'm eating fifteen hundred at three thousand. I will be so much fuller. You will be, but um, it's actually a, a video I'm, I'm planning on doing, and that's sort of. Um, it's sort of about like the dials that you can turn up and down when you're shifting between maintenance and or, or bulking and cutting like all of these things and depending on the type of person you are and like what is usually the the bigger challenge for you like you can choose to leave some of those dials more or less constant or like really radically shift some of those um so for example uh some people have just more issues with hunger, like actual physical hunger than others. Um, 
Others, though, don't have so much problem with that, but they just need to satisfy their palate a lot more. And I think you, if I recall correctly, you mentioned that yeah. during during your fat loss, that like that that is actually a bigger challenge for you, uh, just satisfying your palate. And so, for example, the people who don't struggle with hunger as much, uh, they might want to just uh, shift, like like leave their diet like a, a bit more palatable throughout and play around a lot more with the the volume component of everything just the portions um and you know vice versa like i myself i have a pretty simple palate so for me it's just really important to be satiated so mm -hmm. so basically as long as i can keep like i eat pretty high volume whether or not not i'm dieting and at a certain point, if I'm like really digging, then the food volume gets like absurdly high, but that's pretty like, that's a, a pretty narrow window during a diet. Otherwise I need to eat pretty high volume. And then I'm just going to kind of modify the, the palatability, uh, and the energy density of, of the foods that I'm eating. So, so, so there's that. Um, but I think, um, you can have it all. That's, that's, that's one yeah. caveat though for yes. everybody. So like, yes. like, like you can, you can shift all of these things, but, but you can't have like high volume, uh, super tasty, high calorie, like almost nobody can have that except if you are allegedly Michael Phelps, who has to eat 12,000 calories or could when he was like uh, competing at the Olympics. I don't know if that's true. If it is, then, then yeah, he, he can do that, but almost nobody else can. Um, so you will have to kind of pick and choose which, which one of these are you willing to give up and create your kind of own system out of that. And, um, as, as you were saying how you need to make food a part of your life and not the point of your life, I, it, it kind of like the analogy I had, uh, like just coming to my mind was like, a, like relationships. So mm -hmm. I think I think the way a lot of people live their life in relation to food and their eating habits is like having a partner that is uh, maybe a, a mistress or something, or or maybe like a, a fresh love, or maybe not even fresh, but like very passionate, like very like like sexually crazy, like uh, <clears throat> fire between them. But then they are like having these crazy arguments and fights all the time. So they are like breaking up one day and together the <clears throat> next. So. You gotta move from that and like learn to how to live in a like a healthy marriage, kind of like yeah. that. So it's it's sort of like the same thing with food. Some people just have and I, so this was me basically for the longest time, and I, I would say it's only been a couple of years since this really changed. But I could only be completely like hedonically free and no restriction almost at all, or insane restriction and nothing in between really hmm. seems to work for me. And I think it's because, yeah, like food in many ways was uh, the point of my life. Um, and it still is a, a very, very important part of my life because I enjoy food a lot. Like I like eating a lot, but now I have some other things that cause me a lot of pleasure and day-to-day -day happiness. So, man, I have so much more things to say about that. It's, it's really the most important thing, I think, when it comes down to it. Like losing the weight, yeah. of course, it is very crucial, but maintaining after that. So um, on that, 
let's talk about our strategy. So sure. uh, you've been eating 1500. Um, we both kind of agreed um, that your maintenance will be most probably around 3000 ish, which makes total sense. Six foot person, pretty active, um, you know, right now, like 191 or two pounds, something mm -hmm. like that. Um, so 3000 makes total sense. And I think we could just jump there immediately. Uh, your idea was to stay at like 2,700. I think 2,900-ish, um, maybe like a shade below that uh, is fine. To be honest, um, and I said, said it to you in the email that I sent to you that uh, there is one weird benefit for which uh, this kind of conservative, almost like reversing to the predicted maintenance intake can make sense yeah i've been gritting my teeth i've been wanting to hear what that is i kind of i've been really curious to hear like what that is yeah honestly so it's, it's basically the main purpose of that is just the behavioral kind of reversing almost to maintenance like i think because of the diet mindset that you mentioned yourself like um when you're on a diet then being restricted to one degree or, or another is just a constant and accepted thing. And it's, it's something that has, has a purpose. Once mm -hmm. you're at maintenance, it, it becomes such a vague, uh, and, and, and just the, the word itself, like maintenance, like it's, it's like, uh, what's inspiring about maintenance? Like I'm not yeah. go going towards anything. So it's inherently purposeless and hard to be motivated by. Um, and shifting between those two phases can be tricky. Um, and so by going like, okay, I'm going to like reverse to that. It has a way of like preserving a lot of those behaviors that you had during the diet, which were very productive. Um, and while you're doing that, so, you know, it might take a week two at most while you're doing that, you have also like, in the meanwhile, without thinking about it much, you know, fixed a lot, not fixed, but like a normalized a lot of those hunger signals, satiety signals that might be a little bit out of whack at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, so basically you're getting to eat more, um, but you're not getting to that point just yet when you're like, okay, like a maintenance, like how do I deal with this bit of, you know, uh, existential crisis almost that I'm, I'm no longer on this, uh, you know, this big journey that I was on so far. Um, and, and, and also I think there's something to be said for, if not like a, a reverse for like metabolic reasons, but for behavioral reasons, because yeah. you will have to, I mean, some of those behaviors that you had so far can change no problem because you will have more freedom, but not all of them at once. Uh, so like, uh, there is something to be said for like, just gradually, like, you know, uh, seeing which behaviors you can let go safely, um, and which ones are those that like, will really serve you really well going forward as well, even though you're not on a diet anymore. So yeah. I, I think that's the, that's the main benefit of this. Um, does it make sense? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I think in this fitness industry in general, it's just, it's so sad seeing what's popularized. It really is depressing. Like once you, once you get exposed and live through things that work and you understand how much the mentality and the sort of 
the soft benefits in the of things, not like the actual like physiological, but the psychological benefits of certain approaches, you start realizing like what is two weeks of maintenance in the context of the rest of your training life? And if it has the ability to prevent the disastrous shit you frankly see with like uh, bikini competitors and like all of these stories I heard on your podcast and other podcasts of like what Eric Helms went through and mm. all of these people that especially like even healthy people that push the envelope like these rebound effects they're they're honestly like so sad to hear because you start thinking a couple weeks of maintenance could have saved that, right? Because even um, Israel was Dr. Mike Israel was talking about how like your palate tends to reset. Um, you know, like your palate isn't the same dieted versus maintenance versus bulked. You know, yeah. you get to a point when you're bulked where you just want to puke if you even see food, and you get to a point where you're dieted where like you could bulk on chicken breast if you had to. So like, it's easing off. It's just such a it's almost like, how did we ever get to the point where we thought that that was a bad idea? In my opinion, you know, like, how did we ever get to the point as a community of people passionate about fitness and quote unquote health that we don't care about the mental ramifications of how we take an approach, right? Like you take a couple weeks at maintenance, reset, ease off the gas pedal, but stay in check. Like it's something even athletes incorporate. You incorporate in training, you have like maintenance periods of volume where you let your fatigue dissipate. You know, you look at advanced periodization techniques where they're peaking athletes. They like just smash them with volume back off so that they can heal and then peak them into a, into their competition. You see this everywhere. You know, like you periodize training, periodize your eating. If you're going to go into a bulking phase, take it slow and steady ramp up your calories, your body will probably thank you because you won't have like double the fiber intake to triple the calorie intake and like all of these tasty foods back in out of nowhere. Like it's probably not even good for you. Like health wise, it's probably horrible for your intestine to first adapt to no food and then have triple the food out of nowhere. This is probably bad for you. Huh. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think I told you, but like, uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that um, I caused myself a hernia. Like, oh, crap. I, um, but but like that that's how I got it. Because um, I I just uh, I I can just smash down so much food um, that yeah, like it 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 can actually like damage, cause physical damage. So it's pretty scary. Yeah. The thing about maintenance and and this upcoming period, which um, which is going to be the big challenge, and that's the big challenge for everybody, is how it's almost impossible, like no matter how rationally, you know, with a lot of like foresight, you're trying to think about like how things are going to be once you're done with the diet. You can't, you, you, you cannot practice something in your head um, because the circumstances, the, the, the underlying psychology will be so different. It's, I'm pretty sure we talked about this like last week or something, you and I, yeah. uh, that like, it's, it's almost like, uh, practicing, uh, like, let's say with rugby, like practicing on the training pitch and then having an actual game. And like, let's say people are watching, yeah. you, uh, like, you know, seemingly everything is the same, but like when there are people like watching you and let's say you're someone who doesn't like being watched when you're competing, it's, it's very different. Like your hands are actually moving differently. It's, uh, 
doing the same like very simple movement like in rugby like I don't know, like like throwing or 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 tackling someone things just that don't quite work the same way or like for me like uh karaoke i think the, that's the example I use. like <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. things like just just the notes are not coming out the same way so um it's kind of the same thing with like transitioning from dieting to maintenance like it's one thing to think about how things are going to be once i'm lean but when you're there and you no longer have that that carrot in front of you that you want to chase it's uh it's something that is going to make things different. So actually what I want to do, um, because like you're in this really good mind, mind state, uh, what I want to try with you, um, and I have tried it with some other people with varying success, but like being like actual, actually like purposeful about trying out different things um, and trying to find like the right um system for various things that will inevitably come up for example eating out so like now you mentioned the how you manage the like the chicken thigh whatever eating thing that you had with your friend um it's worth experimenting with different setups so one thing that i sometimes recommend is you know like have a pre-loader meal before you Mm -hmm. eat out so have something at home uh, that's like low calorie, but fills you up. Then you go out and, you know, like often it reduces your energy intake by a lot just spontaneously. Um, and, but you still get the feeling of satiation and the taste. Another option is like, don't do that, go there, but kind of just accept that you're not, not going to be as full and then have something later at home, or you can do both. And like, I, I think it would be really cool if we could, try some of these things and like discuss like okay like so this week go out and this will be the strategy tell me how it went the next day um and and almost treat it a bit like a a, like a boot camp or something because because i i think it could like really um give you almost as a like a shortcut for like going through a lot of these like trial and error experimentation stuff which i went through and uh, it's it, it's cool now, I guess, in a way, but, but man, like it came with a lot of stress <laughs> looking back. Like I, yeah. I don't know if it was that cool, <laughs> to be honest. Like it may, maybe it's cool that I can now tell all of this, but other than that, I definitely didn't enjoy all the like overthinking uh, bullshit that came with it. So. Probably made you a better coach. I mean, you can probably like see yeah, somebody's email and be like, oh, I know exactly what's going on, even if he's not saying it. You know? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's um, that that's honestly the only benefit uh, that <laughs> came from it. But but otherwise, like uh, for my own sake, like I didn't benefit from it that much. Um, so and then probably like you have had some of these in the past anyway. Like uh, you have dealt with the stress of this, so it's not like you don't have experience with this. It's just maybe you don't have a lot of positive reinforcement with things that you've tried so far. Yeah, it's I, I definitely there's skills to learn, right? Like I, I by no means don't want anyone to think that I'm done learning how to manage this, right? Like again, you were talking about appetite. I'm right there with you, man. Like I I've slammed multiple times uh in a week, like two large pizzas and then ice cream afterwards. Like I'm I'm nuts. So yeah. you know, they a lot I, I can totally out I can out eat. I could put myself in a surplus. I could be on fifteen hundred calories every day of the week and put myself in a surplus on one day easily. Oh, easy. I'm, that, I'm that kind of person. And when, 
you know that like these techniques like you know i've only experimented with the ones i know work but they're pretty rigid you know i'm sitting there looking like a weirdo doing calcul calculating everything in front of people and long term i don't think most people should do that just because it's again like it's you you got to live your life eventually and you know it, I, you can definitely get in those stressful patterns so for sure i think like being able to know that i can just do some reasonable restraints mm -hmm. you know you know like because there's so many like basic things that i you know like when i think about like because i think i think a ton i'm like what if i just said I'll have a plate of food of whatever I want and just leave it at that. Right. This is like, it's, it's still portion controlled. There's mindful. only some like you could do that. And that would prevent the vast majority of people who have issues with this shit from getting fat off of like one night out. Just be like, yeah, one plate, put whatever you want on one plate. Don't pile it up, but one plate, like these strategies, there's so many. That, it's that incredibly you... difficult for an on like a mysterious reason almost like it's it's I think it's kind of almost the same thing as um, like uh, gambler gambling addicts. Uh, I think right. it's it's very rare to hear of someone who will go there, um, let's say like with two hundred dollars or something, and they will blow a hundred and will stop there. Like it's it's <laughs> or like you know like uh, let's say like they are playing roulette and they will put in a hundred. And it's like, fuck, like, this is really not going well. I lost 80 already. It's very unlikely that they will take up the last 20, even though, I mean, more like 99.9% of the cases, like they would have $20 more at the end of the night. Um, yeah. And, but, but it's, it's almost impossible psychologically. And it's the same thing with like, when you like, let's say you go out and you actually fucked up, like you kind of like made a couple of like you went into that blackout mode a little bit like that zombie mode where it's like you had like a very minimally rational conversation with yourself where it's like oh, i'll make up for it like for the next two days i just won't, <laughs> won't eat anything like it, it will be all good and you just like stuff your face a little bit and probably if you're like you or me we can do probably like a 2000 calorie surplus we can easily create in like five oh, minutes yeah. Um, oh, yeah. and and at that point, like making the call, like, you know what? I fucked up, but I could just stop here. And I, yeah, the damage is done, but it's not done yet, right? It could get worse. Like I could go completely crazy for the rest of the night. Um, like stopping there, very, very difficult, even though, uh, man, fucking up somewhat, but not all the way and not hitting rock bottom is 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 one of the most important skills for some people yeah. to learn um so yeah it's it's it's, it's definitely and, and it's something to practice or hopefully like just reflect on fuck-ups in the past in the right way and and just learning over time to be able to just screw up a little bit is just as important really to yeah. as as learning to not screw up at all because at the end of the day that's kind of not realistic you know forever so might lead you to enjoy life more like you know there's a case to be made that making that mistake might just make you a better person in the sense that like okay like mm. you got to enjoy that day more that wedding became a little memorable because you made a bit of a mess of yourself you had that extra slice of pizza that landed like you know when you try to control every single factor in your life you can lose the bigger picture of what life's about
So like, yeah. that's part of the reason for, I think what you're saying is to like, yeah, maybe you should almost like let yourself fuck up a bit and realize you're not going to break because of that. Yeah. And that, that, that's another one of those enlightening moments where you, you know, if, if you're not someone for whom this comes naturally and easily, then this can be one of those experiences where you're like, holy shit, like, like I can actually do this, but, but it takes uh, an actual, like actual experience that you have when that you can look back on. So when you go out to that wedding and then you have like a couple of slices of something, but you don't go crazy, but like you do cheat, but not like a madman. And then two days later, you look at yourself in the mirror and well, like, like, man, like, like things are normal. Like my weight is pretty much where I want it to be body comp still intact. And then you look back and it's like, wow. So like, I can actually like sort of cheat, but like a normal, like reasonable person, I don't have to go crazy and things actually just fall into place. Um, so it's cool. Like the good news on all fronts, like I can be a bit flag- like, I don't need to be perfect at all times. Um, and I actually have self-control. So like, um, th- these are the nice little positive reinforcements that, uh, you get to have, and and it 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 can actually like be a, a real game changer. So, anyways, I think um, I think we uh, pretty much covered that because like you know you and I will talk about this, but just some food for, for thought sure. for people. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, I think uh, on the training we can just like very quickly uh, touch on like from a big like uh, bird's eye view. Um, so you're enthusiastic about enthusiastic about training so you're keen to train which is a good thing that's um that's definitely making making both of our jobs easier here um and you're also interested in having some conditioning work which i think is really cool because that's giving you another uh goal that will actually get you short-term returns um because because you can get fitter cardiovascularly really quickly just like you, how you can uh, you can lose cardiovascular conditioning quickly, so it comes comes fast, goes fast. It's one of those things, but it's a different goal um, and something that now you have a much easier job actually accomplishing because you're like just in a so much uh, fitter and healthier yeah. place than you were before. So, yeah, it's yeah. and I, I for me like this is where I think personality type comes into play and like we you know we uh, none of our conversations even though we've had different stages to this they all tie into each other and I think that's something people need to keep in mind you know part of this journey it's going to force you to understand who you are as a person that's why I think it's so powerful um, and for me I, I don't know what you call it I have like that soldier type mentality like I uh, do my best with a mission and a purpose. I, I, I just, you know, some people, I, I, they, they're like mental health incarnate, right? They can just chill and they just do whatever they want. They're like, ah, I want to get lean, you know, bodybuilding show might be cool. They get lean, do the bodybuilding show, move on with their lives. Oh, I want to do a powerlifting meet. They train for the meet. Like some people are just like that. They're chill. I, I have my, my best friend, Jeremy. He's like my model person. Nothing like that guy. He's just like, yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to show up and train. Trained his fucking ass off for like five years, deadlifted 600 pounds. Like, ah, fuck this. I'm done with this. I want to train more time now. And he just, yeah. you know, keeps his lifts up. He's like working on his press. But like he, his ego is completely unattached. 
It's like, fuck, like I can't be like that for me. I need a purpose. I need something to drive me forward. And that's what training is like. Training is my opportunity to like, you know, give this endeavor my all. And, you know, that's just what it took for me. And I had to embrace that part of myself because it's powerful, right? Like, you know, there, there is a power. Sometimes I think part of this journey will help you find the power in your weakness or the strength in your weakness. Because a lot of these things that might be a character flaw in your eyes, like extremism or your, your tendency to go like all the way or none of the way. Well, going all the way into fitness is an option. Like you could prioritize that over, you know, the things that aren't essential to your life. Like I always promote like healthy relationships and friends and family and all that. But like fitness could replace your video games and your other hobbies if that's what it took for that goal. I'm not promoting that, but like I'm just tied to being extreme. It is what it is. I'm 27. I'm not going to change everything about myself. And I tapped into that. That's I think part of what allowed me to succeed is I stopped trying to fit this objective model of what I ought be and let myself go about my goals by being who I am and taking advantage of the good and the bad. You know, I got coaching because I'm very extrinsically motivated by coaching. Like that was what rugby was, that team environment, that purpose, that mission of like contributing to the team. So I tapped into that. I tapped into my psychology of extremism. You know, I'd like to go all the way. I don't like just chilling. It's just not my thing. I like just going for things. So I'm going to tap into this now. There's no reason to stop. That's just who I am. And I don't promote it. When people come to me, like my friend, like when people are, because now people come to me in the gym, they come to me for advice. They talk to me at work. I'm just like, get your step count up, get in the gym. Join a Zumba class. Do something you enjoy. Eat mm -hmm. better. Make a better choice. You know, skip the bullshit. Skip the junk. You know you shouldn't be eating candy. You're 30 years old. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I tell them real shit. I don't tell them do what I do because I chose that for me. That's my solution. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely, man. Um, and since I was going to ask you this off air anyway, as, as our, uh, like, before hanging up a uh, small talk uh, thing, um, did, did you get to take a look at the first draft of your, uh, new program that I, that I sent you? <laughs> yeah, uh, it looks cool. It's what, an interesting, what, what were your first thoughts? So I assume when you say that I can do that seven days, I just basically do ABCD, 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 and just yep. keep going. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's cool because it's actually, you almost, uh, there's been a habit that you have of like addressing questions before I think to ask them. So one of the questions mm. I've had recently and a lot of like trainees, other like uh, cool and like people who aren't full of sh shit that I follow talk about like abandoning the seven week schedule with training. Like yeah. the, and this seems like that. Cause like, I'm thinking one cool thing about this program is like, if I'm feeling beat up and just take a day off and then ABCD. If, yeah, yeah. If, if I if I have to, right, I can take a day off and just go for like an hour long walk instead of train. And I think I think that if we this is a great thing I've always wanted to try because it detaches this rigid mindset that would get stuck into like how many 10 sets per week, 20 sets per week. It's like if you think about it, our bodies don't fucking work that way. Your body has no idea what you did a week ago it just kind of adapts you know so it makes yeah. sense to me 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you you have uh, definitely a lot of flexibility. Uh, basically, it's um, you know, in in theory, there wouldn't even necessarily be a need for a specific rotation. You could actually have a. The only practical downside to what I'm about to say is that like it would get like really really messy and hard to keep track of. But like right. you you could really have uh, a almost like a. A rotation per exercise and like you it, it could kind of move all over the place so like okay maybe this session like you would skip i don't know like front squats and overhead press and something else but do i don't know chin-ups and then okay so like chin-ups i did four days ago okay so i want to do chin-ups every fifth day cool that actually works out then i can do chin-ups today again um, interesting Wait, which actually, like, I don't know why I'm saying that it's complicated to keep track of because it's pretty much what I do on my FitNotes app, um, which is actually like a really cool app I like to use. So, like, yeah, I'm just like, I don't know if it's visible on the camera, but like, I'm kind of yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, I can see that. I just do yeah, this. I see that. Yeah, and like, okay, so like curls. When did I do last? Okay, just scrolling back. Okay, I did them on Wednesday. Oh, cool. Then, then I can do them today again. So it's I'm, I'm pretty much doing that. Um, and over time, I think uh, there is no reason why you shouldn't get there uh, to like, obviously for me, overseeing what you're doing, there are benefits to having more structure and it's definitely easier to keep track of a split. And, and ultimately, that's why people are using the seven week uh, schedule. But, mm. but you know, at, at the same time, I, I just don't see any downside to having like just you know, days. And then, yeah, like if you have to miss a day, just move the whole program up by one day. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. The only instances where I think it can actually have a benefit to like organize your training according to the seven week schedule is if you have, like, let's say someone has a physical, pretty physical job. So on, right. and, and it's always on Wednesdays, when they have like i don't know like some extra hard day at work or someone is playing soccer on tuesdays and thursdays then okay it makes sense to move things according to that because like we won't want to have like a heavy hamstring day the day before or after that soccer game or, or something like that so there there can be exceptions but i think in, in most cases this has benefits mainly and, and no real downsides. So, so yeah, yeah. Makes sense to me. Yeah. But otherwise, like, you know, it's, it's, um, it's short sessions, what I, I drafted up to, um, and um, I would still play around with them, but like, uh, yeah, I think in this draft that I sent you, it's like, it was four exercises, right? Like on yeah, the, the yeah, four sessions. Four per which is four. which is actually pretty awesome um i i love having short sessions like that because uh, you can like really give your all to the exercises uh like focus wise at least um and so yeah but you know you will let me know like which um i mean i will take a look at it again maybe i really fucked something up but you know let me know like which uh like if you want to include something else, which I didn't include and uh, you want it there, or you really just disliked one of the exercises that I left in there um, and you always wanted to get rid of it all throughout us working together. So yeah, like you will um, give your, give your feedback, but uh, otherwise like it looks um, 
not terrible enough to you yeah 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 I, i'm i'm curious to see like how the conditioning works because you always hear oh, yeah. like yeah i'm curious to see that uh and then i was thinking of aside from conditioning day just adding on top of that ab i, I think i saw calf training but i can't remember ab training oh, that, um, that for example wasn't in there in this one calf training yeah ab calf and like rotating between those two on the other days, like just having that added in. I, I don't, I'll be honest with you. If I could have my way, I would never touch an isolation in my life, but I don't think that's a good idea. So, you know, I, yeah. I, I want to, especially where my goal is strength, you should have all your muscles be strong because they all like work. I don't get to take my abs out of an overhead press. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like yeah, uh, holistic, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's because of that. Uh, like, I, I knew that that was the perspective you had uh, about isolation. So that's why I was like, okay, so like, if you, that's how you're thinking about it, then like calf work. Like, do I want to torture you with that? Because I mean, that's suck. That sucks ass. So unless like someone <laughs> someone is really dedicated about like bringing up their calves, then I wouldn't torture them with that. And then ab work is kind of like the same thing. It it that definitely sucks ass. And. <laughs> And, and it's like the benefits are even questionable. Like it's always like kind of non-tangible. Um, there are some people who swear by app training who have good abs, but like wouldn't, would they have that anyway? Because there are definitely a lot of people with much better abs than I will ever have. And they never did a crunch in their lives. And so it's, it's, um, it, it's one I'll of those things. Well, I'll do it. Why not? Like, it's, it's not like it's going to like kill me. It's pretty minimal. Oh yeah. That, you that. know, like. And especially like adds to the conditioning, gets my um, work capacity up. It'll be pretty easy to work that in between things. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, do a set of arms and then a set of abs and then an arms and then abs and then I'm done, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah, that that's that's true that it can be. And, and the same thing applies to uh, actually a lot of isolation stuff that they can be a bit. Uh, annoying but at the same time it's very easy to just throw them in as a super set uh, if like let's say your chin up bar is next to the cable stack and no one's there then you can just like do a set of laterals um and ab work i mean that's even more so you can just freaking drop down on the floor and do some crunches because honestly like simple crunches on the floor in my mind are one of the best uh ab exercises i i really? would put them way ahead of uh hanging leg raises which uh really yeah like i think for most people that's a hip flexor exercise um because it's and 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 if most people ask themselves like what do you feel on hanging leg raises they would say hip flexors uh like i i just feel something like really awkward in my groin area um but i'm sure the abs are working too right and and they do obviously because uh, like yeah like tilting up the pelvis as you do um inevitably on a on a hanging leg raise is one of the functions of the abs but like like basically the portion where you're lifting up your legs i mean that's most of it is hip flexor and once your pelvis okay. starts to round up that's from then on it's it's abs but if you try out like just lying on the floor without any leg support and just moving with your upper back and crunching up as much as you can, you will notice that like, okay, I don't feel my hip flexors, but I feel my abs just as much. So anyways, man. Uh, so yeah, I think um, we can wrap up here.
Thanks so much for for being so open and uh, being willing to come on. And um, yeah, it's I'm excited to keep um, keep working on your progress and uh, what you will be able to achieve. So uh, yeah, just any final closing thoughts for for the listeners? Uh, There's hope out there, folks. I've been a doomer. I've been a gloomer. Sometimes this life can kick your ass. I'd say that life is just kind of tough in general, but uh, wrestling and fighting against it's worth it. You know, trying to, the journey is just worth every ounce of pain you're going to go through a hundred percent. And you'll just be so happy that you did it. Even if you don't get jacked and ripped by the end of it, even if you just get healthy and say, that's enough, you're going to be so happy. You did. That's what I'd say to anybody. Word, word, man. Very well said. Um, all right, Thomas, then thanks. Thanks so much again for coming on and, um, Happy to be here. 